All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the TimingResearch.com Crowd Forecast News for September 11th, 2023. We are recording this at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and uh, this is episode number 401. So my name is David Cosmeter. I'm just I'm the creator of TimingResearch.com. And uh, got a great episode for you today. And uh, also just want to mention real fast that we had a awesome Fibonacci and Elliott Wave event last week. So if you did not get a chance to see that, all of those archives are on uh, TimingResearch.com. And if you search for Timing Research on YouTube, Substack, or your favorite podcast app, you can find the archives there as well. So today I have arranged for Anka Metcalf and Sonny Harris to join us again. And uh, Michael Filigera is back to moderate. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to him. Thank you, David. And good morning, good afternoon, good evening to depending on where you are in the world. Uh, my name is Michael Filigera, and I am going to moderate today. And we're going to start by letting me introduce two of my favorite women analysts that I just love to be a participant with on a show and have great fun with them. So I'm really excited to uh, see what everybody's got to say today. And I have with us today, Sonny Harris, Thank and you. also Anka Metcalf. So Let's do Ron Robin, introduce ourselves. We'll start with uh, Anka, we'll start with you. All right. Hey, Michael, Sunny, and David. Thank you, everybody that is joining live. Uh, and of those of you that are uh, tuning into the recording of this uh, event. Uh, so my name is Anka Metcalf, and I'm the CEO and founder of TradeOutLoud.com, which is a trading education company that is specialized in educating individuals how to day trade, swing trade, and invest in any market, whether you're trading stocks, futures, forex, cryptos, anything that has a tick and that moves. Uh, I have been a professional independent trader for over 20 years. Um, prior to becoming a professional independent trader, I come to the market with 10 years of investment banking experience. Uh, I do run a service for um, uh, swing trading since 2010 and a trading room uh, for futures designed for futures trading in the first uh, hour, actually in the first power hour since 2017. Uh, I specialize in high velocity moves. So what that means is that I look for confluence areas throughout multiple time frames that may initiate a power move in the first hour of the day. And I'm also the designer of an institutional proprietary trading system. And the reason why I'm saying I'm the designer is because I cannot take credit for technical analysis that has been out here for such a long time. Uh, but I do like to consider this uh, system that I put together uh, as a great combination between technical analysis, uh, mostly, and just a blend of a little fundamentals. So uh, my technical focus is on price support resistance, and it's basically on the eight layers of price support resistance that I focus on. I have developed uh, specific trigger times throughout the uh, newer trading session because I've been trading for so long. I've noticed that at certain points in time, you're getting much better reaction to price action than others. So I have created uh, specific trigger times for the indices correlated with time frames so you don't waste your money and time looking at charts. Also, um, I focus on specific price zones. There are four specific price zones on technical charts where institutional traders uh, have the tendency to scale in and scale out of trades. And also chart synchronicity that is for that is so important, especially from the transition of price 
and uh, it basically shows you what's leading, what's lagging, and then based upon a really thorough analysis, you can determine um, based upon the dominant trend what to trade that day and, for example, that in, in the power hour. So basically, I teach traders how and individuals how to generate income literally in less than two hours a day, specifically designed for the first power hour. And uh, from there on, you can create your own wealth ecosystem. Ioanka, very All interesting. Right. And Sunny. Hi, I'm a mathematician, trader, programmer, and author. I've been a professional trader for 42 years. I do mentor, tutor, and consultant. I love to do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'm an easy language programmer, and I do custom programming for people who want to test their trading ideas. I'm the author of seven best-selling trading books and one biography of Linda Blair. I write The Sunny Side of the Street every Sunday night. If you want Sunny Side of the Street, just put it in the chat. And I do a live trading room on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, I've got forums on my website, moneymentor.com. Everything from strategy trading to easy language to technical analysis. And I do a free podcast where I've got some amazingly favorite uh, uh, interviews with people like Larry Williams and Jake Bernstein and 30 more of them. And I love to teach people how to trade. And you can call me anytime. My number is 760-908-3070. Thank you Thanks, very much. Sonny. Thank you very much. You're very, very welcome. And again, I'm Michael Filigera. And my websites are tradershelpingtraders.com and LogicalSignals.com. Uh, I started in this wonderful world of trading in 1979 as an options market maker uh, here on the Pacific Exchange in San Francisco. I've also traded options via the London Traded Options Market in London, uh, the European Options Exchange in Amsterdam, and my introduction to all electronic trading came via the Deutsche Termine Bourse, which is in Germany. Uh, when I returned back to the United States after 10 years in Europe, I went back to the uh, Pacific Exchange. And about 2000, 2001, everything really did start here in the United States to move into electronic format. And so the crowds kind of dispersed and got very thin and trading uh, went more electronic than it did coming, you know, having an order come into the floor. And so I made a decision to uh, leave the exchange, set up my home office and trade from home, which is what I've been doing. In 2014, uh, I decided that I would flip from being an options trader to being a futures trader. And therefore, I started to pick up day trading. And that has been my focus ever since. And I focus basically on the NASDAQ and the S&P. I do a daily update on the uh, NASDAQ and the S&P on an Elliott Wave update, um, which I've been, which I studied back in 1988 and 89, and I've been using it ever since in the markets on, I have published internationally uh, on Elliott Wave and Fibonacci. And uh, currently, I do produce uh, an update, a daily update, uh, Sunday through Thursday. And, and that would be on the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ 100. And then on weekends, I'll do a big picture update. And that also will cover the S&P 500, the NASDAQ. But then I also try to include a separate update on the treasury markets, gold, silver, the dollar. And that's about it. So thank you all for, again, joining us. And so 
we're going to do this basically according to the format. And our format has been that what we ask is that, and let me just double check because I want to see where the SPX opened today. So the SPX opened today at 4480.98. So the first question that we normally will ask, and I guess I should put up the uh, SPX, but I use the ES. So let me just revise that. Let's let's talk about the ES, if that's what everybody trades. And the ES opened this morning at 45.14. And of course, that's going to be basis of December contract. So, oops, back to the one that works. Um, let's start with Anka. Higher or lower on by Friday? Oh, that's a tough question because I think that, or do you want like an yes or a no answer or a detailed answer? Actually, because <laughs> we've got... We've got enough time, I think. Okay, we've got enough time. Perfect. Okay, so I was going to say that that's kind of like a roller coaster question because there's yeah. a, a lot going on. Yeah. Um, first of all, we have a lot of data that is coming in on Wednesday and Thursday, and that can change everything into the end of the week. Plus, we have the quadruple witch option expiration uh, that is on Friday. So we're expecting a roller coaster week, um, to say the least. But the way, uh, based upon how we started the week, you have a nice chart here, and uh, we're seeing the rotation that is happening on the daily with a continuation for higher. Yeah, right there. Exactly. So we're seeing the nice rotation. Last week, we had a very nice doji. Um, the, today, we actually took out that doji high, which is predictive for a continuation higher, at least. A little bit higher into uh we have the next resistance into the 45 uh 45 50 area so um 4550 to 45 40 yeah 4550 to 45 here uh yeah for now for now 4550 we have 40 uh, 4560 for targets and 4600 but that is if everything that is going to come out Wednesday and Thursday is going to be in line with the trend and that would mean a potential massive continuation higher. We could even see um, the top of the pivot that we had in September from that beautiful patriotic, patriotic rally uh, into the 4,600. So we could see that. We don't have a lot, um, let's say, a lot of distance between where the price is trading right now and 4,600. So that's definitely doable. However, I do believe that if we start breaking uh, last week's low, and uh, I see you have a four hour chart. So I would go like to last week's low. So basically, I think it's where you have like a, yeah, uh, the price that I'm looking at is 44.85. Exactly. So yeah, so if we take out, uh, if we take out that low, the 44.85 from where you um, did the fibs, uh, I think that we're going to start moving lower, taking into consideration that if you look to the left-hand side where you have the B, that is a high, um, the green B, uh, I think it's like 727 right there. And yeah. then you would have this as a lower high. And therefore, if we get that break below 44.85, this would probably change the whole structure and uh, the whole deck of cards is going to fall apart. 
So um, I think that we should be very mindful, especially that we are day traders. All of us in here are day traders and we need to take it one day at a time. I love the fact that you put on the four hour chart because that's so significant to change uh, to trade with it in sync with the four hour in sync with the one hour uh, and take it one day at a time. And not only this week, but next week as well. First of all, we have the contract roll today and Price action tends to be a little bit chaotic three days before the roll and three days after the roll. And then as we're heading into the quad expiration, we're going to see like some really strong gyration. And this corroborated with the low volume that we have had this whole entire year in the market. It's not a good combination because the volatility is going to be high as we're going into Wednesday, Thursday because of the releases and into the quad volume loans so of that is a really poor combination for price and then next week we have the fomc meeting so i think that taking it day by day and not focusing on let's say the bigger picture as to where we would like to see the price i think that we need to take it day by day and uh after this week we will see uh where we would be heading within the next three days until we have the fomc rate decision and then I think that is go so basically in a week from Wednesday, uh, we would be able to assess and say, hey, the market is going to go into this direction by the end of the month because we will have more information until then. It's just going to be a lot of gyration. And I I'm personally going to take it one day at a time. <laughs> I really do. I'm very, very full of a lot of information. But I do not disagree with you. And I really, I, I like your statement that we're day traders. Yeah. So we get the luxury of actually yeah. not having to worry about a position overnight. And we get to actually just trade the price action and follow it day by day, because I agree I with agree. you. We yeah, have so I many things coming in, so many things going on that really can affect our market heavily. So I'm going to reserve mine. Sunny, you're up next. Well, I agree with Anka. It's a hard one to tell. Do you want to see my charts? Um, I'm going to talk yes. about funny bands for a minute. Yes, yes. And yeah, there you go. You're all set. You should be able to share that. Let's see. Share. We have to get the right chart up here. That's number three. There we go. Okay. So on the ES still, um, we are current price right now out here is on a flat DMA with purple on top. And that means we're in for more chop. So I think we're going to chop around this horizontal line here on the DMA, dynamic moving average, before we decide on a direction. And I'm thinking the direction's up. But I don't know if it'll make it by the end of the week because it's pretty choppy. And we've got uh, Fed next week. And people are saying they think they will not raise the rates again, which I disagree with. And we've got uh, CPI coming in to and the consumer confidence and things like that, unemployment rate that could very easily affect the market to the downside. So I'm voting for choppiness this week. Choppiness. Oh, and us day traders are like, wait a minute, don't put that vote in. We want movement. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And so, David, if you want to go ahead and release that, and then I'm going to put mine back up. And there we go. Let me see there and here and say share. Good. I'm back on. So you guys should be able to see my screen? Yep. Great. Um I agree with both what Sonny and Anka have already given us with a ton of information. And I want to just say that we both, all three of us are basically coming up with the same response, but based on varying 
uh, indicators that we use and systems that we use. And for example, Sunny uses her own, which is the Sunny Bands, and Anka uses some of her own, plus the other indicators that she has talked about, where I come up with that same answer, but I am using Elliott Wave and Fibonacci. And uh, the beauty about Elliott Wave is, like, as, as any of you have listened to any of my presentations, it does not speak anything to the economics, the fundamentals, anything that everybody wants to hang their hat on to form a bullish or a bearish posture or position. And what it really is based on is human emotional reactions. And so, of course, you know, if something comes out bullish, what's the human emotional reaction? Go up or go down and with speed. So again, with what we are expecting to come in this week and the cross currents via the various narratives that people are out there talking about, we've got, you know, depending on what the mood is. Um, and as one person told me one time, I said, why do you always want to talk up or talk down anything that's bearish? And the response back was a bearish, bearish does not sell airtime. And I was like, wow. Correct. And so... Constantly, if we're listening to CNBC or even Bloomberg or any of the other media services that give us the news, they're going to have that bullish spin on it. And right now, because the narrative is, oh, well, inflation's under control. And so we're going to get confirmation from CPI and PPI this week, et cetera, et cetera. So the Fed's either going to pause or they're done. And so I just think this is one of the biggest setups that I've ever seen because the, the threat to inflation rearing its head is so real and palatable, palatable right now that I find it very interesting that that traders are coming back in. But a lot of it is kind of based on what I perceive and call the status quo. And what I mean by that, for example, tomorrow, Apple does their big presentation for their their next release of the iPhone, the iPad, and all of the different things that are now being renewed and being shipped out. So the status quo would be is like, oh, when they go and do that, you just buy the stock because it's going to go up because their sales are so fabulous. And I think it's like, okay, that might be the status quo, but we're neglecting to put in what actually is happening within Apple and what's happening to them on a global basis, courtesy of China banning the iPhone. So again, when I see all of this, I turn my focus back over again to Apple, and now I'm putting it on the the very, very large traders that work off of the options, and they're almost doing a daily play in these options. And therefore, that comes into something else that I've spoken about in the past. And as an options market maker, these are things that are very common, but you have Delta, you have Gamma. Those are the different Greeks that go along when you put a position on. And you can see if you have an understanding of gamma and how it flows as a market moves towards a strike price. And particularly as we get down now this week, as we get down to Friday's expiration. So last Friday, it rolled and around 180. And they came in actually this morning and did it again. They ran the market up and they monetized those those Friday calls, by the way, so the SEP 15 calls, which are going to get that double boost from being a weekly expiration and then the monthly. So they got a, they got a little bit more interest in them. They ran them up, monetized them, got out of them, and the stock dropped immediately. And it didn't just drop. It really sold off. And now they're building it back up again. So <clears throat> where do I see the market? 
coming between now and Friday. On an Elliott Wave basis, and particularly here in the S&P, I have concluded that we have finished a minor wave two at the high on September the 1st. And that would have been at uh, 45.98, again, basis of the December contract. Being that that finished wave two, as you can see in ABC, we're now beginning a third wave, which is going to be five, five down, right? So and within that, we're just, in my opinion, just getting ready to turn and now move lower to complete this first leg of that larger minor third. Now, as we're both, as, as both, People here with me today have stated it's a roller coaster ride this week. We've got so much going on. We got so much data. So I also that produces for me what I would call my alternate view, an alternate count, and that one would suggest that this wave two is not complete. So what we got is an ABC, and then this is what we call an X wave, and that would suggest that we're going to do an additional ABC, and this would be the direction. So the direction would be up. Now, suddenly, I'm going to match right up with what Sonny has presented, with Anka has presented in terms of we have a strong possibility. We may end up back above 4,600 by the end of the week. And then again, possibly, you'll start, start the whole cycle again of going down next week. Much of that will depend, of course, on how that CPI comes out, how that PPI comes out. If they come out favorable or the market loves them, then, of course, the market's going to run because then the concept is that, well, the Fed, which comes out next Wednesday, is going to either give us a pass, you know, so they take a pause, or they actually come out and say, well, we're going to start lowering. Now, I don't agree with either one of those because I think inflation is going to rear its ugly head. And the Fed is very committed to putting up the good fight there. So again, I think it's the narrative. It's the narrative that's coming out that everybody's trying to decide what the Fed can and cannot do. And so people then go start looking at the the Fed of funds, which is which is, you know, the the euro dollar and and different strategies in there which are going to pin where those traders who actually have a good good history of accuracy are basically saying what's going to happen. But you can't look at the September contract anymore, folks. You need to look at the December contract. And you need to now start figuring what is it going to be for the end of the year. And that's where I think people are getting a little bit off track. So if I had to make a call, much is going to depend on if we break above. And here I have on my screen. Let me see if I make this a little bit bigger. You see, I have this is that dotted magenta line. That is the 200 period SMA. And then cresting and coming, turning lower along with that SMA are the 50 period SMA. And then we have the 20, which has already been heading lower, even though we did a solid rally, even though we had a pretty strong opening, even though we are continuing to walk ourselves back up, these moving averages are not really budging. The 200 has provided support now all day. Right, we had our opening. It would slip below. It came back, grabbed back above it, and has held ever since because that becomes support right there. So I think that that we we likely will hang out here, and we probably, if we're going to end up start moving lower, it's going to start on Wednesday, and they get get additional confirmation on Friday if they should continue it. Now, <clears throat> I do agree uh, with what Anka has added that if we start to head lower and we break below 44.85, then it's look out below. And the reason is, is because the market is dropping in a larger primary C wave, which does, I, I 
I have the first fibs on that, and I need to squish this up so that you can see what the absolute first one is. 38.77. So, you know, there's plenty of downside room. And in fact, because there's been so much hype on what can and can't happen, that I also agree with what Anka said. It could really start to pick up speed. And when it starts to break back below the uh, four-hour 200, and then I always can go up and we take a look at uh, which which helped propel today's opening. And I can't get this open wide enough because I tried that before. Um, you can see right here, here is the 50 period EMA. The market on Friday closed just above it, broke below it, got back above it. Same thing on Thursday, got below it, broke back above it. And now came down, touched it this morning, and now it's back above it. That is all very technical trading and algorithms are preset that if it breaks, sell. If it holds, buy. So we've got that impetus, uh, that that input coming into the market as support. So again, that level remains very, very important. And right now it's at 4507. So again, here we said, if it breaks 4485 or 4500 effectively, look out below. And now we're adding why it can do that. Here we have daily 50. That would be big. You can flip out and you can start looking at the at the weekly then to see where that comes in. But if it breaks there and we gain speed, what's going to be the natural process of where it's going to go? Right there, the daily 200 EM. That would be next in line. We, have, of course, have this low, which would be major at 4,400, but the target is going to be 4,360, 4,355, whatever that level is. And then we have the SMA, which, by the way, is truly, truly watched a lot of institutions and a lot of traders. Same with the 50 uh, period SMA, the simple moving average. It's sitting up here going flat, providing a ton of resistance, again, right at that level that Anka was talking about, 4550. So here we have our levels, 4500, 4550, both very important to the near-term picture. And we're sitting in between them. So as, 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 as Sunny had, had showed us via Sunny Bands, we're in chop, and her indicators are suggesting we're going to remain in chop until we go here or here. And what do they say? Breaking above or breaking below. Right. So we've all come up with the exact same answer and broadened the scope because previously it's always been like higher or lower by Friday, and and what what is your you know confidence level? Well, we've got some very very intelligent and smart analysts who said well i'm not going to comment on that because it's a roller coaster because there's so many things going on because so i love that phil that's great information and so if we're trying to figure out a position well you're best to wait you don't want to get long now and have a turn and go because from here you'd be you know basically having to to assume at least close to 50 points of risk to the downside before you actually would have a sell signal. And to the upside, you needed to break above 45.50. So to buy now, you've, you've still got that risk that it won't, plus the additional risk of where you'd, where you'd have your stop. Wow, that was great. That was a great little introduction into what we're talking about. Um, next up, what I'd like to do is if we can give the chart or I just give the screen. Um, Anka, is there a particular market that you 
you would like or that you follow that is really great, whether it be Forex, whether it be uh, precious metals or any of those or any particular stocks. I mean, I, I think we mostly we're talking about the indexes and on a futures basis. So if we were going to talk about Apple, then, of course, that gets related back into the NASDAQ, but also the S&P and also the Dow. Um, but one that I like to talk about, and I'd love to get both of your takes on it, is gold. And so I can put it up on mine. Uh -huh. And gold has been in just this funky area. And it's, in terms of Elliott, it's doing this another additional ABC to the downside right now. And it actually uh, is still correcting to the downside before it begins this very strong rally, even though we have already once gotten ourselves back above. Well, actually, 2100, that again, in this contract, is based the December contract in gold. So do you have, do you have any charts or any, any opinion here in gold? Okay, so I don't like gold at all. Um, first of all, it has some very mixed uh, signals currently. And if you will allow me to share the chart, I'm going to show you exactly what I'm looking at right now because I'm looking at. All right. Thanks so much. All right. So here it is. Okay, so I believe you guys can see the screen right now okay. with four charts. So I have the four hour, I have the daily chart, I have the weekly chart, and I have the monthly chart right here. So bottom line is that I see a potential, a potential on the daily contingent, we break 55. So we break 55, we've had a consolidation for here for three and a half days. We close wherever we close. Where, wherever we close today, it doesn't really matter as long as we're not violating below 40 because that's going to produce damage to the pattern and it's going to send it back down. However, if tomorrow comes or let's say we're going into the CPI numbers, into the PPI numbers, uh, I've noticed that typically on a non-eventful week and typically into the quadruple, watch, uh, quadruple witch option expiration or on a regular expiration, the volume tends to shift mostly into commodities, whether it's gold, silver, oil, whatever it is. So it will be very interesting to see how gold will be reacting to the numbers that are coming in on Wednesday and Thursday, and then how it's reacting into Friday. That's one thing. Uh, obviously, it's going to have a massive move into the FOMC meeting next week. So obviously that, that so that's obvious, but we still don't know at this point whether it's going to be bullish or bearish. And I think it may reserve some time until then. So investors, traders are not very excited about the current levels where gold is trading at. So first off, we started off by saying that 1950 is a potential breakout. It's also trading in an area of minor resistance. That is deriving from two pivot lows here from July, beginning of July, mid-July, and end of, end of July. So that puts a lid on price. That puts a lot of pressure on price. And that is because it wouldn't be so significant, but it's so significant in this case because we already have a high and we already have a lower high. So this is the beginning of a possible downtrend. If we start breaking below 40s and Day below 40s, there's a very strong chance that we may start going into this 200 SMA or even into this double bottom formation into the 1920s. 
And that would definitely confirm that the price action is ready to take on new lows. And obviously, if we start breaking below this zone here, 15 to, uh, to 20 area, then we may see some new lows coming up. However, um, this, uh, so what I'm saying here about this minor resistance that is deriving from these prior lows is also present in this flat 200 SMA here, which we know this is literally, you know, that lid on that pressure cooker, right? So if we blast over that 55, I think that the market is getting ready to digest these moving averages that are for intermediate and longer term trading. And if we snap above them, then yes, there's a very strong chance that we will continue higher. But other than that, the weekly chart is relatively weak because as we can see from the daily, the price action is trading in the latter half of price action from today's activity, from Friday's activity, and even from last week's activity. So we closed week. That means that the momentum may shift to the downside. Mm -hmm. So I see yes. here a strong possibility for a continuation lower if the price action is not able to break out over the 55 and have a sustained momentum over the 55. So it's in a limbo right here. I don't like, I don't have a trade in it and I'm definitely not going to have a trade in it anytime soon. Not unless I have more proof into price action. I would much rather see it uh, break above this level, the 55, let it ignite, and then I could get it on a pullback and a retest and another rotation or another setup that may form. So this is my take on it. So first of all, the four hour has this massive resistance here. And also the one hour, you can see again, we have the flat 200 yep. moving average. And I like the I like the fact, Michael, that you highlighted something that is so important and not a lot of uh, traders are aware of. 90, almost 90% of the market volume right now is generated by algorithmic trading. So it means that there are very few traders like me and you and Sunny that are literally trading the market and, you know, they're, they're holding the mouse right now and trying to initiate a position or analyze anything. So that means that algos are going to take over. So basically, if the algos are going to start breaking above this 55, breaking above this 58 and 60, then yes, there's going they, they are going to see buying opportunity and they're going to leg in. But as an investor, I don't think that they're going to be looking at buying these, this potential because it's not really one of it's not really a good investing opportunity. And the same thing here, if it crosses below this weekly support and the weekly low from last week, I think algos are going to take it back down into the 19, uh, into the 1900, 1912. But all in all, if you look at the technical chart on the weekly, there's nothing else but a big, big, big chop and a big slop. And I'm pretty sure that I can't wait to see uh, Sunny's charts because she has the Sunny bands and she would be able to tell us probably even better um, if they're going to snap up or they're going to stay in the chop zone. For my reading, they're staying in the chop zone for the time being, unless we really break above the 55 and stay above the 55. And if we start breaking below these lows, then we will start uh, moving lower. That's my take right. on not 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 loving it so it's well, not you know but it's, it's okay that i would you know trade it but that I, I would trade right now. i i agree with you but i think that's okay i think that's actually very well stated and 
what I find really important, or what I'm going to see, you know, uh, David, if you want to go ahead and release, and then Sonny can put up the Sunny Bench. I have a very strange feeling that you know we're not going to have this cross current of like somebody saying something and another analyst is saying something different because we we are technical traders and we're basing our trades on a lot of the same things, moving averages, and we have some proprietary things as Sonny's going to show us right now, but we come up with the same answer. And we come up with the same areas that a market can move to and what it needs to do to get there. So I'm loving this. I'm loving this. So, Sunny, go right ahead, please. Well, you can see my Sunny bands here on a chart of gold. And look at this. The DMA is flat. Purple is on top on the on the DMA. So we've got a lot of chop, as Anka said there. And I, too, think we're going down at least to uh, 1915 mm -hmm. right there. At the low that was a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't, I don't see anything that looks positive for gold at this point, except this the, the histogram here on this chart mm -hmm. shows you that it's moving up toward the zero line. As it gets shorter and shorter, it's more likely to cross over and turn gold, and then it would be going up. And if it does go up, I don't think it'll go higher than I don't even know if it'll approach two thousand. It's been a while. It's been a while. You're right. Yeah. And Thank we've got Fibonacci lines on this. We could go down to uh, 1889 mm -hmm. or so. So yes, I, the downside bet, bets 1889, the upside bets right at 2000. I You can't see me. I got a big old smile on my face. Oh, do you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> because, because here I am with two, like I said, the introduction, the two of my favorite lady analysts, my women analysts. And we we are speaking the same language, and we're really presenting an intelligent and technical picture that is. You, we each use both some of the same, but yours are proprietary, and I know Anka, you use a lot of your proprietary things, and I'm using Elliot, and we're coming up with the same answer. Mm -hmm. Must be true so, then. <laughs> yeah, it must be true then, absolutely. Um, and David, I'm ready to kind of just. Be true. <laughs> yeah. Let's ask and GPT where the market you can is. Thank you very much, my friend. I'm going to go back. I'm going to put my chart back up. And you're and not that we're trying to be boring here, folks, but I just want to be very comprehensive because a lot of people they want to they have they want to talk about gold. They want to see what gold can or can't do. So again, we're looking here at my chart. I'm only going to go for the daily chart. And again, here we are talking about that 1950 area. Uh, very much like the 4550 area in the S&P. Much will be revealed. Now, what do I feel? What do I see, at least on an Elliott basis, if I'm looking for this five, three, and now I'm looking for another five down, and this might be one, two, three with a four, or one, two, we've got a little bit more serious or stronger downside staring us in the face. Now, all that truly is needed right now is that catalyst. And that catalyst could come, like we've been talking, via the CPI, by the PPI, or hold out until next week. So we could stay choppy until we get that Fed message, because there's going to be a lot of talk back and forth. Now, there's one thing, one thing that I will absolutely, because I I have had the gold bug since 1980. And there's one thing that I've always had respect for, gold traders. So this is the dealer's. Not the ones that are sitting out trying to sell to sell you gold jewelry, but the dealers in gold. They are absolutely stellar in sniffing out weak hands, whether they're short or whether they're long. 
And you'll just walk in one day and you'll see this down or up 50 or down or up 100. And that's just they're cleaning out the market and they're setting it back up for themselves. So they reset often. Now, what I'm looking at here is that I do also feel we could have another leg up. But even if we get that, I'm not really looking for a whole lot like like Sonny mentioned, maybe it gets to 2000, but it has a lot of noise to get through via the 200 daily, 200 period EMA, the 50 EMA and SMAs, the 20. And then we have the 200 SMA, which is the major in terms of uh, large institutions and retail. And that is sitting right below that, right above this high that we had back on September the 1st at 1981. So what am I thinking? Well, here's our levels again, folks. And theirs were produced by the their moving averages and the consistency of the lows going across and moving to the left. But guess what? Fibonacci's coming in exactly the same levels. So I think at a minimum, a drop once we break below these lows, which you can see, just as Anka said, one, two, three, four, five, six times it's come down, held, and just bounced back to that resistance. So we've got this sideways action. It will break one way or the other. My personal feeling is that it's going to break to the downside. Next up would be 1926, 1927. But ultimately, as both Sunny and Anka have stated, we have pretty strong potential that we could have back at 1900. Mm -hmm. So that's getting below those the most recent lows at 1914. I know we had some support at 1912. Mine comes in at 1902. And trust me, if it breaks 14, it's not going to be that more, it's not going to be so much harder to get it down to 1902. And if it breaks there, then we're talking those 1800 levels. And the first ones are going to come up right. We have to go all the way back to March, where we have 1880, 1890, 1888. And we've got support there. And then we got to go back even further. Now we're back into December of 2022. And those are the lows that we're going to be talking about as well, if it starts to truly break down. Another factor that comes in with gold is the dollar. And when the dollar decides that it wants to rally, which it's stubbornly holding itself above 103 to 105. So every time this market decides that right now, gold is picking up a little bit of upside because they're selling the dollar, but not enough. It's not that believable. So these are day traders. But position traders, they're they're hugging. They're looking. They're wanting to see what they need to do. And then we have all we have the the uh, retail side or the ones that are going to be buying gold. Uh, when when should they come in either add to the positions or pick up position? And the one thing to also remember about gold, it remains a product or a commodity that is a storehouse of value. So in other words, you might pay $1,950 for it and hold on to it. But if all goes to hell in a handbasket, gold will always retain value. The dollar might sink. The dollar might become worthless. The stock market might crash. The, the bond market might you know, flip and go to rates that are so high. They're just oppressive, right? Then nobody can, everybody's locked out of credit markets. But what, what, will, what will continue to hold value? And you can work this out just by looking at... <laughs> Believe it or not, we've done. I've done a, a study where you're looking at the price of a man's suit, and you look at what what an ounce of gold 
If an ounce of gold buys a man's suit, then it's a storehouse of value. And you can go back to 1980. You can go back to the 70s. You can go back to what it cost to buy a suit. And even today, you're going to go buy a fine suit. What are you going to pay? $1,500? Maybe even more. Look at the price of gold. So again, storehouse of value, but against a basket of commodities, it's also a very strong storehouse of value. Uh, one last thing that I really want to get your guys' opinion on, and that's treasuries. So the one that everybody kind of looks at, and I'm going to put it up, I'm going to look, let's take a look at the 10-year. Now, we can do it on a yield basis, or we can do it on the futures basis. On the futures basis, I believe we still have more downside to go in the future to complete a minor fifth wave down, which is going to set the stage because it completes a minor fifth and an intermediate A. And what that sets the stage for is a very powerful intermediate B wave counter trend rally. Now, it's within that rally that we might see the Fed go, we're going to give a pause. We're actually going to start to lower a little bit. And that is all going to coincide with the market going into a cycle degree B wave counter trend rally. We've not finished cycle A yet. That's still coming and that's still out there. But once it's done, we get into this cycle B wave rally. And then we again have the potential where the markets, the equity markets can come up and maybe even go to new all-time highs as it progresses through that whole process. So my thoughts behind the behind interest rates and behind the bond market, I have a pecking order. And what sits at the top of that pecking order are interest rates. Why? Because interest rates, an adjustment or a change in interest rates affects everything underneath it. It affects the currency. It affects the bond market. It affects the equity market. It affects corporate. It affects us, retail, every last one of us. Because why? Because it's the cost of carry. It's the cost of if we're going to buy something, if we're lending, what do we have to pay for it? If we're giving, if we're lending out money, what are we going to get in return? So it controls everything. And one of the, the funniest things that I've read lately was somebody that wrote this article that the equity markets in the United States are, are no, excuse me, the bond markets in the United States are out of sync with the equity markets. I'm like, really? How about it's the other way around? How about it's the equity markets are out of sync with the bond market? The equity markets are out of sync with interest rates. And for whatever reason, it persists. So I'm looking here at the 10-year. Um, would either of you care to give your opinion? I can do it either way. I can show the yield chart or I can show the the future. So the futures market, that's the, that's the price of the 10-year note. And th that I think has more downside. But if I go back and I look at <laughs> the 10-year yield, look at how beautiful it has been going up. So I, in the same position, I think it goes up. And I think the 10-year, the 10-year interest rate, the 10-year note interest rate will get between 4.4% to 4.6% and on a real blow, 5%. And those are the FIB numbers. So Anka. All right. So yeah. So you were looking at uh, the end, the 10-year and I, I don't know if I can share my chart just briefly uh, to show you something that I think it's Good. super relevant. Thank you so much. All right. So I'm just going to share this chart right here. Okay. So what I'm showing here is that this is the 10-year the uh, note. 
And this is a quarterly chart. And I think this is very representative as we're moving into the end of the quarter. I mean, let's face it, we just have you know, just very couple of weeks, three weeks left at the most, three weeks. This week is already kind of shot because we have all the data and the quad witch and all that stuff going on. So basically, if we take this week out of the equation, we have two more weeks. But what I'm trying to say here is that this is a very weak uh, price action activity. This candle right here represents almost three months of trading activity, minus the three weeks that we have into the end of the quarter. And I right. think this is very relevant because the more, and like Michael, you said, like if we don't, if we don't snap to the upside, this is going to be a big concern because this is going to be a really, really um, poor quarter for uh, for the bonds. And the next action would be to see them down into the next support zone, into the 104. 104.20 or so. Right. So that's that's what I'm seeing here. So I see a lot of downside. I have zero commitment. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> zero commitment uh, to bonds. They have been really hard to trade. And um, for and I to be very honest, I did trade this little um, let's say this little retest to the upside because I thought, you know what? It's almost like a double bottom formation here with this low and this low. And I made a little bit of profit, trailed out very, very tight on this one. So I didn't leave it, you know, with the original stop. I just took my profit and ran. And I said, you know what? This is not something that, you know, I really want to be like long-term because anything can happen here. Let's see what, uh, the FOMC meeting is going to bring on Wednesday and let's see how the price action, but this like as a trader and especially, you know, like if you're a beginner trader and I'm addressing to anybody out there that is a beginner trader, just stay the heck away from bonds <laughs> because you're not going to make money. Like if you're a day trader, you want to move into something that you want to make money like NASDAQ, for example, like whatever, you know, uh, to I me, S&P is a little slow. Sometimes I have trades in the mini S&P. And sometimes, uh, like I said, I trade based on uh, chart correlation and synchronicity. But, for example, today, two trades in NASDAQ, boom, you got your money. So I think that, you know, kind of like overanalyzing a little bit. And, Michael, you can agree with me or not, but like overanalyzing of what could happen, should happen. You know, I think we should focus more on the present because like I said earlier, you know, we're day traders and let's focus on the markets that are really moving and, you know, people get really make money on. Like I wouldn't focus on um, uh, on the bonds, And that's 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 just my take. Um, just focus on something that is moving and something that is more liquid, because let's face it, these two markets are like the lowest of the low, low, low volume, <laughs> like super weak. They never used to be. No. used to be you know they used to be huge they still are very very big institutionally traded but a lot right. of that's getting dispersed around um exactly. while wait well I still have time Sunny do you want to show your chart and talk about the 10 year I would love to you're on okay let me get the chart uh number three here we go this is a monthly chart of the day and uh you can see I've got pit lines on here I've got some moving averages on here. And we are under the downsloping purple DMA. So I think we're going to drop down to this level, which is what? Three. Oh, we got numbers down there. You and I agree. 103 and 23. That's where I think we're going. Yeah. Uh, I go as low. I So here again, folks, I just want, you can leave your chart right there because we're going to wrap this up and I'm going to go back around. 
Um, for me personally, I think that we could end up back at 104. Now, whether it happens this round or whether we go through this huge rally phase, and then because after that's all done, folks, and we're, we're talking far out. So I agree with Anka. We need to be discussing what can we what can we trade today, what can we trade tomorrow, and that's when I be, I'm a day trader. So you're going to get a whole different story. But those that are looking at a little bit larger picture, this whole corrective process is just beginning. So we're going to get a, a counter trend rally and another smash, slam dunk. But we're looking out 2025, 20, 26. So, but I think there's still plenty of downside left in rates, and much will be had on what we can find out on. Uh, next Wednesday, basically. And then what our data begins to tell us. If there's a sniff of a hint that inflation is starting to rear its head. Uh, one other thing to keep your eyes and ears open for, folks, is the United Auto Workers. Mm-hmm. And they're they're saying, hey, we don't hold up too much hope that they're going to come to the table for us and we're going to go out on strike. So all the gas-powered powered cars and all of the electric cars that are made by Ford General Motors or whomever, uh, we'll, we're going to be in trouble. Um First of all, thank you both. Thank you, Sunny. Thank you, Anka. I love doing this. I love doing this with people that I really enjoy being with. And so it's been a total delight for me. Um, Let's go one more time around. How can people get a hold of you? And and so we'll just leave it at that so they can come in for information. And so I can get this back to David on time. Anka, starting with you. Okay. So you can find us at TradeRLO.com. Um, I do run a trading room for futures every single day. We do have transparent track record uh, on our website. You can go to our website under services and the service that would uh, resonate with you, whether it's uh, futures or stocks, then you can scroll to the very bottom to take a look at the performance sheet. Um, and uh, this is what I do every single day. I day trade um, the power hour. And uh, in fact, today I called the trade in NASDAQ um uh, just above 600 and I see it like beautifully moving higher right now. So more money for us after a first wind early in the morning. So if you guys want to uh, trade with me, you can find out more at traderlaw.com. Um, like I said, futures and stocks. And we do have an event that is coming up uh, today. It starts today. It's going to be a four day accelerate your income challenge. And if you guys want to sign up, I'm going to put the link right here in the room. It's basically bit.ly, and that is T-O-L Income Now. So it's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash T-O-L Income Now. And the event is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And on Thursday, I get to put my money where my mouth is. So we're going to be trading live with me, the power hour. Excellent. Thank you so much. And Sunny. You can find me at moneymentor.com, moneymentor, and my email is sunny with a U at moneymentor.com, and my phone is 760-908-3070, and I'm on the left coast. And again, I'm Michael Filigera, and I'm tradershelpingtraders.com and logicalsignals.com. I do have a trade room, and uh, we also meet for the power hour or half hour and a half in the morning. Uh, I run it actually from 6 a.m. Pacific to 8 a.m. Pacific. So that's 9 to 11 on the East Coast. Uh, First half hour, we're going over everything that's kind of taken place and we're getting ourselves set up for our trade day. But basically, we're looking at that first hour and a half on that one. Also, uh, I'm uh, available on YouTube. And so again, Traders Helping Traders, look for my name or just uh, search my name on YouTube. I have two channels 
And um, I also offer coaching. So any questions that you may have, please, like Sunny and like Anka, send me an email. I love to answer questions and I love to get engaged with other people that have a similar interest. And right on time, David, I'm getting better at this, you have to admit. Um, yes. Perfect. <laughs> I want to say thank you, David, for uh, inviting me in to moderate again today. And it has been total pleasure. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Excellent discussion today. So just a quick reminder for everyone, be sure to subscribe to Timing Research on YouTube and Substack and your favorite podcast app. And uh, and you can get the recordings there instantly as soon as I can get them processed and uploaded. Um, also, if you just go to timingresearch.com, you can get all the recordings there, especially the um, the full uh, three days of the Fibonacci and Elliott Wave event from last last week. So uh, be sure to check out those. Um, and just want to thank my guests again for today, Anka Metcalf of tradeoutloud.com, Sonny Harris of moneymentor.com, and Michael Filigera of logicalsignals.com and tradershelpingtraders.com. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, David. Thank Thank you, Anka and Thanks, everybody.